Here at Just Baseball, we have teamed up with BetMGM for the 2023 MLB season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use code JUSTBASEBALL, and you will get up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Step number one, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Step number two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Step number three, you will receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Kansas and Nevada. Call 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and get your $1,000 first bet offer today. Tuesday on the Just Baseball Show, Jack McMullen, Aram Layton. I'm repping the uh, 2019 Auburn Double Days. I think it's a college summer league team now. Um, Aram back in New York City. We're talking MVP update. We're talking about Logan O'Hoppy, who's out for about six months. It may be a season ender with a torn labrum, which sucks. How do the Angels bounce back? Because this is a really important season for the LA Angels, which we've harped on all the time. One of the top pitching prospects in the game. We've got an update on the shoulder, which stinks, and we got to fill you in on that. Um, also, one of the best stories to come out of minor league baseball in quite some time is a guy that I interacted with briefly last year. Um, really cool Drew Maggi got the call for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, and also, new product is out on the card market. Uh, we're going to talk about Bowman baseball. So a bunch to hit on. Like, it's rapid fire. And we talked surprises yesterday. I like this structure, man. It's like, hey, we've got this checklist. Let's go through. I love that we just have a ton of stuff at all times now. Like it's that time of the year, baseball season's in full full force. But um, we're starting to get to the point where we can start to get an idea. I think stats are slowly starting to hold a little bit more weight. I say that now, but then you have Masataka Yoshida homer twice in an inning, and his WRC plus goes from 77 to 102, which yeah. is a big number, by the way, because – uh, Peter and I have a bet of over under 112. I have over 112. But like that, that was just another one of those reminders where like I felt really crappy first couple weeks of the season about what my side of the bet there. And then he hits two homers in a game and all of a sudden we're in, in you know, a stone's throw away from the number that we need. So it's still small sample size theater right now, but I do feel like we're getting a little bit more clarity. We're understanding, you know, what some team's limitations are. Unfortunately, we're getting some injuries now too, which we're going to talk about Ohapi. Um, yep. And, you know, you, you got to figure out what teams are going to do. So I, I think we're getting a little bit of a pulse for, for what things are going to be. And there gets to a certain point now where it's like, all right, you can't just say it's the first week of the season. And I think the Pittsburgh Pirates, for example, mm -hmm. not to jump around too much, but that's just another example of a team that like I kept saying, oh, yeah, OK, we will. You know, it's just a good start. It's just a good start. It's just a good start. They're 16 and 23 now or 16 and seven through 23 games. Excuse me. At a certain point, it's like, OK, they're legitimately playing well through a decent chunk of the season. We're almost there. So it's it's definitely fun to, to start to see things like get rolling here. Yeah. So as of right now, there are 18 guys with a hundred or more plate appearances. And I think that that's a huge checkpoint that we hit mm -hmm. at some point in the season, because a hundred plate appearances, like, you know, certain guys will finish with over 600. Yeah. But I mean, a hundred's no joke, man. Like these guys have played 23, 24 games so far. 
that's not a small sample anymore. The way that I kind of go about it is the, the moment that I can stop saying that instead of a guy being 10 for 30 is hitting 333, a guy's truly hitting 333. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when it's too high a number to pallet, hey, he's he's 20 for 50. Like nobody says that, right? Yeah. But but they do say, you know, six for 14. Um, so yeah. I think we've gotten to that point now where you can actually say a guy's OPS and it matters. His batting average instead of hits per at bat and it matters. This is the Just Baseball Show presented by BetMGM. You brought the Pirates up for a moment, you know, Peter and I talked about their odds to win the division yesterday. We talked about them as like the best surprises. I don't think the Pirates are going to win the division. I don't think many people do think the Pirates are going to win the division. But uh, we do have MVP odds updated as of Monday the 24th on BetMGM. So we'll do that. Um, Our our flash deal right now is use code JBFANS, $10 money line bet immediately get $100 back in free play. So that is very exciting stuff. So if you haven't done it, go do it uh, and use either Just Baseball, the promo code for a deposit match or JB fans for that money line to free play uh, conversion. Let's start in the American League. And I've got, you know, the front runners and then I get down the totem pole because guys that have had rough starts, their odds are plummeting right now. AL MVP on the BetMGM Sportsbook. Shohei Otani's plus 110. Mike Trout's <laughs> plus 700. He's next. Uh, Aaron Judge, Adley Rutschman are plus 1,200. Vladdy's plus 15. He's hitting like 345. Jordan Alvarez, who's killing the ball, is at plus 2,000. And it keeps going. Wander Franco at plus 2,200. Matt Chapman at plus 2,500. J-Rod at plus 3,000. Uh, and, and the beat goes on. I've got all the way through Randy Arozarena at plus yes. 8,000. So... This is Otani's to lose as of April 24th. Uh, it's just crazy to me that that the numbers reflect that. Like you're pretty much betting a an ever so slight underdog in a game for Shohei Otani to win the MVP. Yeah, it's it's really Shohei versus the field. Um, and what's crazy is, man, I I think I would take it. Like I, if you have the the ten dollar like bet that you can put down on a money line and get your hundred dollar bonus. Uh, I, I would probably put my hundred dollar bonus on Shohei Otani, right? Like I just would feel very good about that turning into one ten coming right back at me. It, it's it's crazy. Generally, I wouldn't want to do that, and I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll almost always take the field. But with the way Shohei Otani's pitching, he might win the MVP and the Cy Young. Um, and and obviously, like he's not even swinging it fully the way that Shohei Otani swings it, and I'm not worried about that side of things. Like he's going to hit home runs. The crazy thing about it is. <clears throat> He could have a subpar offensive season for his standards. Let's say he has a 830 OPS and hits 28 home runs. And if he pitches at the level that we have to, you know, kind of get used to what he is now, this is a better version of Shohei Otani on the mound. Like if he's a Cy Young caliber pitcher and an 830 OPS hitter, at that point, he's still the shoe in MVP. So it, it is pretty wild. I, I, it's basically as long as he's healthy, which. I mean, that's the number one, I think, priority for Major League Baseball is to keep Shohei Otani healthy. I don't see how how anybody else can, can really win that unless Vladdy goes triple crown, which was that topic we had, you know, a couple years ago. And, um, you know, obviously he didn't. So that, that seems to be like the only way that or Trout has an Aaron Judge season, which also isn't impossible, but uh, it's it's very difficult. Yes, it is as close to impossible as you will find, considering that we had to wait 61 years for a guy to hit 61 plus. Yeah, and that's not going to happen back to back years. There's no way. Yeah, I don't think so, especially knowing that Mike Trout, you know, struggles to stay on the field for 162. And and again, like we're saying, we're getting to that point where like, you know, it's not just a small sample size. We're still less than 30 games into the season. So like, you know, TBD, big fat TBD on whether Mike Trout is healthy for a full 162. Hope he is. Five starts for Shohei Otani. He's 3-0 and with a .64 ERA. 28 innings, two earned, no homers. This guy's allowed eight hits in 28 innings. Opponents are hitting 092 against him. He's punched out 38. He's the I mean, best pitcher on the planet right now, which is yeah. crazy because like, I don't know. And I think I asked you guys this question during the offseason. When you close your eyes, do you see Shohei Otani on the mound or in the batter's box? <laughs> I've never thought about that. I, I would say on, ooh, I don't know. I, I don't picture know. him in the batter's box. 
I think the mound. I think the mound. Um, just because I, it's I don't know when when he's on the mound, obviously he controls the game. When he's at the plate, you know, that's just one hitter. You know that that's going to get four or five a abs or plate appearances. Like I, I what I put on Angels games when Shohei Otani is pitching. Um, I, I'm not often tuning in like, oh, Shohei's, you know, do up this inning. Let me go watch. So I, I would say the the pitcher, but that said, like, then I also had the voice in the back of my head. That's like, you saw the most life-changing batting practice from Shohei Otani, right? Like you've yes. seen things uh, in a batter's box or at least, you know, in batting practice or, or just a guy swinging a baseball bat. Shohei Otani's done things swinging a baseball bat I've never seen before. So it, it is crazy that I'm saying that about a guy that has done things with a bat I've never seen before. Uh, but that said, I do kind of think of Shohei Otani, the pitcher, because I, I, there's something about that aspect of, of the feat of doing both. Like it's, it's the pitching part. That's the most impressive because like, yeah, he's a DH and he rakes, but it's the fact that he's also able to maintain his body every fifth day and pitch and still, you know, hit the way he does, I think is, is kind of how I look at it. You see though, I actually almost look at it in the completely opposite way. I see a pitcher that like during his off days, instead of just hanging out and like going through his throwing program, he does that, but he also hits nukes. You know what I mean? So I so do, then why do you look at him as a hitter? Because I think that's the thing that jumps out to me more. You know what I mean? So you're saying that like, hey, this guy's this guy's a 900 OPS guy, or you know, he's he's underperforming at the plate right now, and he's an 830 OPS guy, and he's on pace for about 30 homers. Um, you know, you're looking at him as yes, he hits the ball really far. He's a DH, but like he maintains his body and he pitches. I view him as he's a pitcher. He's a guy that like throws, but he's so stupidly talented that instead of like, you know, just having the compression sleeve on your arm and, and hanging out and just crushing double bubble in the dugout, this guy is instead DHing as, as a way to pass the time. And he's a physically imposing person in the batter's box. That I think is the other reason. Like there are yeah, a few guys, Matt Olson, when I close my eyes and I think imposing hitter, I see Matt Olson because that's a huge dude that holds the barrel like right over the plate and then he gears up. Otani's a massive human, got the bat out here, huge elbow guard, like the toe tap and go. It, yep. it, there's something so menacing about Otani the hitter, but that's the best pitcher in baseball we're talking about. And like yeah. the fact that I can close my eyes and even we have this conversation, the fact that we can even debate what do you see him as when he's the best pitcher in baseball? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, I wish I had like a secondary skill good enough for people to debate like, oh, what do you see arm as? Like, I will forever just be like the baseball guy. Like, I, there's nothing else I have to my personality or what I do that is going to be anything close to the baseball guy. So uh, it, it is funny how that works, maybe except for like picky eater, uh, which, by the way, I made waffles this morning and good it's the third time I've had waffles and five meals. And as I'm, you know, taking the waffles out of the toaster, I just see another comment on on the reel about the uh, onions on the Judge Burger of just like so childish, like what a childish uh, like food take. As I like get waffles <laughs> out for the third time in five meals, I'm like, ah, oh, geez, hey, like, maybe they're right. Lego, maybe my ego. Right. Yeah, uh, no, but plus one ten. Yeah, plus one ten, worth it. Um, also, fun thing about Aram. I can send him pretty much any rap verse in the last 10 years and he can name the song. Mm -hmm. So that's a secondary skill. That's that really is a secondary skill. I, that, that is a dual sport uh, athlete right there. That is, there that's my version of it, I guess. Yeah, I appreciate sure. that. Thank you. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, all right. NL MVP. Hottest guy on earth right now is Ronald Acuna Jr. This guy's leading yeah. baseball in hits. He's leading baseball in stolen bases. Acuna is the NL MVP favorite on BetMGM at plus 350. Pete Alonso, who's hitting the shit out of the ball, is plus 650. Trey Turner at plus 1100. Mookie Betts, Fernando Tatis Jr. just made his return. And Matt Olson are all plus 1200. Juan Soto has stunk. He's still ahead of Austin <laughs> Riley and Francisco Lindor at plus 1500, which is so crazy, man. And Manny Machado at plus 2,500. Machado's had a really rough go. Soto's had a really rough go. But Acuna deserves his flowers, and I think he's getting them right now, and the books are yeah. reflecting that. Yeah, no no doubt. Um, you know, we we 
felt like that was going to be what happens, right? Like that that's what we talked about. The knee is finally right. He's finally got his legs back under him. We're going to see the Ronald Acuña Jr. that we've become accustomed to and and that's exactly what he has been. Uh, I can understand why he is one of if not the front runner, but what I would like to say is that Mookie Betts is the pick I think moving forward here because I'm all in on the narrative on top of obviously you can't win the MVP on narrative. But Mookie Betts, and I don't know if you guys talked about this. I'm I'm sure you and Peter touched on it a little bit. Mookie Betts playing shortstop. Have you talked about that Just at all? Just a teensy bit, like not much yeah, at all. Yeah, so I mean, here's the narrative, and it's beyond the narrative. It's it's actually the truth of what the most valuable player is. The Dodgers have a problem in terms of, of roster construction. I'm going to call it what it is. Like, they did not set themselves up for success here. Obviously, Gavin Lux was, an, was a really, really unfortunate and unexpected injury. But Miguel Rojas is how you're putting a Band-Aid on that, on that lake in the dam? Like, no way. So – Rojas hurt again. He's always hurt, unfortunately, uh, and, and a good role player. But they have realized, okay, we got a lot to figure out in the middle infield. Mookie's played seven games at second. He's now played three games at short. He's still hitting at the Mookie Betts level, 139 WRC+. He's already amassed a full win. Right. If he's playing a lot of shortstop for them, and, and we presume it's at a relatively high level because everything he does – is at a high level, like he is the like I piss excellence guy. Like he yes. is literally that. Um, the the narrative's there, even if the numbers aren't off the charts. I think they could be really they got to be really good. But I think he's got a really good case if the Dodgers continue to play, you know, good baseball and 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 finish a little bit stronger. And he's playing all over the diamond and specifically shortstop for the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's just that simple. Yeah, you know I'm a sucker for the narrative. So, like, I, I'm totally leaning into that. And, and Mookie, it's short. I put out satirically on, on Twitter. I saw, like, a late-night thing that Jose Iglesias opted out of his minor league deal with the Marlins, and I said, the Dodgers are going to win 105 games with Mookie Betts and Jose Iglesias playing short. Like, the, there's a non-zero chance. He's still on the market right now, Iglesias is. So, it, it's just so impressive to me that Mookie – at his status, at his financial security, at his point in his career where he's already got an MVP, he's already got multiple World Series rings, and he's already gotten his bag, is saying, yeah, screw it. You need a shortstop? Like, I can do it, I think. Yeah. Like, he played, what, 12 games at short in the minor leagues? And that's it. And he's willing to play shortstop for the Dodgers. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, this is his first big league action at shortstop. It's 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 at the age thirty. He's so, a gamer. He's he's a, like exactly the guy that you give four hundred million dollars to. Yes, a hundred percent. Um, or at least three hundred. And, and I do want to draw a parallel here because two guys that have, you know, I I didn't think I could hold them a, in a higher uh, light than I did, but two guys that have actually like improved my perception of them are Mookie Betts and Bryce Harper. Because these yeah. are guys that have already done exact like everything they need to do in their career. Like Bryce Harper, already well on the Hall of Fame track. Mookie Betts already well on the Hall of Fame track. Both generational wealth out the ass, three hundred plus million dollar deals. Bryce Harper's trying to get back early by playing first base, position that he's never played, and then that Mookie they need. Betts that they need. And Mookie Betts is trying to fulfill a need at shortstop for one of the best teams in baseball. So both these guys throwing their egos to the wayside. I don't think that there are two other superstars that you even approach and ask them to do this, but Harper being willing to, to fill a spot of need and Mookie being willing to fill a spot of need is like really impressive. And they get mega brownie points in my eyes. Uh, One million percent. When I saw the headline on Harper, who by the way is also just like built different. He's going to come back from this, uh, you know, Tommy John surgery faster than basically anybody. Uh, But, but also from the fact that just, he is willing to go play for he could just say I'll I'll DH I'll get back when I can whatever he knows that the team is he really helps the ball club by learning how to play first and Harper came up as a catcher he I'm sure could play first base at a pretty decent level as he gets acclimated knows that and takes the time to learn he could have just focused on getting the bat right and sliding into the DH role occasional corner outfield when he can and and do that. So I, I love that. And I, again, if those guys are doing this, then nobody has the right in major league baseball. I think aside from maybe Mike Trout to pull the like, ah, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that. And I feel like Mike Trout 
would do the same thing as well. If they asked him to move to, to, to right or left for whatever reason, I'm sure he'd do it. Obviously they're never going to ask him that, but, but that's kind of the way it is. And it's interesting how some of the game's biggest stars have that approach. Yeah. Do you, do you think they're going to move trout behind the plate? <laughs> they might need to. Uh, Logan Ohapi is out for the Angels. Phil Nevin said he tore his labrum at his non-throwing shoulder. That's a righty thrower, lead shoulder in the swing. He tore his left labrum in his shoulder. Uh, that's a four to six month uh, injury period. So it could shut down Ohapi's season, which sucks. So the question I sent you in the rundown is, are the Angels toast? Like, how do they fill this catching spot? Obviously, we looked at the glaring hole that they had at shortstop. They got really aggressive with Zach Neto. Yeah. I can almost promise you they're not going to get really aggressive with a top 100 guy on just baseball's top 100, Edgar Carroll, 20 year old catching in double. No, absolutely. That not. was the aggressive move was was putting him in double because they like the staff there for him. So no shot, <laughs> no shot. So so where do the Angels go for the next uh, maybe the entirety of the season? Yeah, so I'll start with using Josh, and I know every injury is different. Using Josh Young is like uh, as a as a blueprint to the recovery timeline. Josh Young was hurt, I believe it was right around spring training last year of, of the Texas Rangers. Tore his labrum in that lead shoulder, um, not his throwing arm, thank goodness as well. And he was back with about a month to go in the season. So there's a chance that you get. Oh, Logan Ohapi back before the the very, very end of the season. It's regardless, you've got to answer this question that you just asked. Um, but there's hope that if this is a playoff team, he could absolutely be back for September and then the playoffs. So I would hold out hope there. That said, super, super, super upsetting because Ohapi was looking like a rookie of the year candidate. He was looking not only that, beyond all the individual accolades, he was a young player who very quickly was making himself an important and integral part in this Los Angeles Angels team uh, and, and a big key to their success. So that's why the question's so important here is, is not only are, who catches, it's you know how do you replace a guy that was playing a big part in, in what you were doing well through the early parts of the season? Uh, th- they now have a, a hole that, that was a hole before the Ohapi trade. That's why we loved the March for Ohapi trade trade from from a position of of surplus to a degree for a position of need and now they need to make a move but at the same time you're not making a move for a guy that's got multiple years of control you're not paying anything crazy and who's out here trading a a rental catcher who's going to move a catcher at this point in the season probably not going to happen you get to the deadline at that point you might as well just wait for Ohapi. so they might have to just kind of sit on their hands here with matt tice and Chad Wallach, which, to be fair, is probably one of, if not the worst battery, or, or excuse me, the worst catching situation in in Major League Baseball. I, I, I don't know if so. I can. Maybe, maybe there's a worse one that I'm not thinking of right now. No, like um, Reese think, McGuire has been okay. Like I think the Marlins, like Jacob Stallings, Nick Fortes, is up there in terms of like not good or down there. Uh, yeah, or down there, I should say. Uh, but yeah, like I, I don't really know how you improve this i don't really know how you get out from this because again no team's really trading catchers at this point of the season there's a lot of familiarity that you spent all spring training you know and and even into february building up between catchers and pitchers like even though just using the marlins example even though jacob stallings is is horrid at the plate the marlins would not want to trade him at this point because that's a guy that has comfort with Sandy Alcantara, that has comfort with Lizardo and, and a lot of the staff uh, that that they want to kind of keep that rolling. So I, I would be shocked to see a team willing to trade from their catching position on April 24th. Like I know people are going to say, oh, well, what about Danny Jansen? Whatever. Danny Jansen's not going anywhere. No. So I, I really don't I really don't know what they do. Um, I, I think they've got to kind of sit on this and and figure out a way where they can strengthen elsewhere. Um I think first base, <laughs> you know, you got to look at first base uh, and look at that. Cause at the end of the day, Tyson Wallach, they're going to catch, they're going to be fine defensively. Uh, they're not going to kill you. Uh, maybe you can find somebody on the free agent market. Maybe there's, there's uh, some, some backup, backup type guys that you I can mean, find. You know, third string. I think. Yeah. Like, like pull <laughs> floating around. Um, Here's the thing. I'm going to run you through all the expiring deals for, for, 
big league catchers right now. This is from Spotrack. This is the 2024 free agent class in, in catchers. Yasmani Grandal, not moving. Travis Darno, not moving. Omar Narvaez, he's hurt and not moving. Jan Gomes, not moving. Zanino, no. Austin Hedges, especially now with the Andy Rodriguez injury, no. I have no idea what the timeline is going to be for Andy, but like Hedges is not going anywhere. Martin Maldonado, not going. Manny Pena, probably not. Garver, that might be that might be the one. Is Manny Pena? Pena, Pena, or Mitch Garver, probably. Garver, Texas. Yeah. Eh, they'll keep him. Manny Pena might be the one. Oakland's one of the only teams where. Shit, trade, trade, trade them now and see what you can get. Another one that I, I think would be a mistake. I'd rather have a backup guy, but he, we got to mention it. Is is uh, Gary Sanchez? But Gary Sanchez is hitting one seventy or one forty six, three twenty seven, one seventy one, and eleven PCL games and for AAA with the San Francisco Giants. So that's probably not the move. I, I think Tice would be hitting better than that in the PCL. Um, I, I think Manny Pena might be the best option. Like, th- th- but that, anyways, kind of shows you where they're at, which is either an another shitty option, yeah, or like just Alfaro. roll with, or oh, Alfaro, yeah. But like, uh, how much better are those guys? Thing. Yeah, I added Alfaro strategically there when you said another I, shitty I, option. <laughs> I think you just wait for Max Stassi's hip discomfort to end. Yeah, like get comfortable, dude. <laughs> uh, no, chill. The hip discomfort sucks. I'm sure <laughs> somebody that had surgery because of discomfort. Yeah. No, I, I, like I think that's it, right? You just wait for Stassi. Like all of these options that we just listed are worse than Max Stassi. Yeah. Like Max Stassi sucked last year and he was still a replacement level catcher. The year before that, he was a three win catcher in 87 games. If he can give us, you know, or give us. I, I, that's how desperately I want the angels to win. If you yeah. can give anybody if just 0.5 F4, something between the 2.9 and the zero, how about just a one win season the rest of the way? I think they're over the moon. So I, I think that's, who's going to end up holding it down. There's no options elsewhere. Yep. hundred percent. All right. Uh, before we get to another shoulder thing, uh, let's introduce you to the draft top lift, the ultimate tool for beer lovers and enthusiasts who love to drink topless. And that doesn't mean shirtless. Are you tired of struggling to enjoy your favorite canned beverage? Look no further than the Draft Top Lift, the revolutionary new tool that turns any canned drink into a smooth, enjoyable experience by safely removing the top of the can, turning it into a pint glass. It's got a sleek design, easy to use functionality. Draft Top Lift easily removes the top of your canned beverage, allowing you to enjoy your drink without any sharp edges. The Draft Top Lift is perfect for enjoying your favorite craft beers, hard seltzers, energy drinks, and more. Plus, it's eco-friendly as the removed tops can be easily recycled. Don't settle for a mediocre drinking experience. <clears throat> Upgrade to the Draft Top Lift. I'm overcoming a bug, sorry. Upgrade to the Draft Top Lift and take your canned beverages to the next level. Order now, get 20% off, and experience the difference for yourself. Use the link in our Just Baseball link tree to snag a Draft Draft Top Lift. I'm actually looking at it right now. It's pretty crazy that they can just take the top off and it doesn't like it's not sharp. It just works. I'm I'm pretty pumped to actually try this. Uh, you could just so cans. I was raised in a home where it was like cans are disgusting. If you put your mouth on the can, that is gross. So like, like pour it into a glass. I think my mom saw one like Dateline. I don't even know what the show, whatever the shows are, where it's like. Yeah. All of your cans are in warehouses where rats are running all over them and like yeah. stuff like that. So like I was literally raised in a house which like poured in a glass. So I would always pour it in a glass, but I don't really have glasses readily available all the time. I don't want to use a plastic cup. So there yeah. you go. There Boom. you go. Problem solved. Uh, problem not solved for Daniel Espino. Uh, he is dealing with aggravation and inflammation in his shoulder. Um, still a top 100 guy, but like, if healthy, Espino not only would be in the Guardians rotation right now, he might have been the top pitching prospect in all of baseball. I had a Girard, yep. I had a Painter, I had a Yuri Perez um, at, at this preseason update. But Espino, surgery is a possibility on his shoulder. And, and it was a really weird 
progression of thought regarding Daniel Espino because we thought knee at the beginning of last year. And then at the end of the year, it was shoulder. And now it's this guy's shoulder might be screwed right now, which is just a terrible thing, not only for the Guardians, not only for Espino, but like for baseball fans, because this guy Obviously, you probably haven't seen much video because this guy threw a couple innings at, at double and that was it. He's otherworldly talented on the mound. Uh, I think I think he it, w- it would be fair to say best stuff in, in minor league baseball and the um, best fastball in minor league baseball, like an 80 grade. Yeah, fastball. until until Mason Miller and, and Bryce Miller came along. But then I would say I would say that Espino's fastball was better than than Bryce Miller's and right up there with, with Mason Miller. Um, it's 98 to hundred with like 20 inches of induced vertical break, which checks every box. If you look at the write up, I've I had 70 present 80 future on it. So, I mean, that's, that says it right there. The slider was disgusting plus plus there. And then a change up that looked like a potential plus pitch as well. Uh, like that, that's just unbelievable. And, and I remember like the first time I really went through that dive watching his 2021 season, I got ready for 2022, putting him top 20 prospect in baseball uh, and one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. And I was ready for him to kind of have that Andrew Painter type of ascension. Like yeah. I, I thought he would be where Painter is uh, and maybe beyond that, to your point, like you said before. So it really sucks. Uh, they obviously, the Guardians, have done everything in their power to try to avoid surgery, uh, to try to avoid operating on that shoulder. As we know, once you operate on the shoulder, uh, you don't quite know how how things are going to look afterwards. Uh, unfortunately, uh, look, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Obviously, there's doctors that are that are breaking it down. Obviously, this is a messy situation in terms of what's going on with the shoulder or else we would have had more clarity. He wouldn't be shut down multiple times on rehab appearances and again now seeking another opinion. Uh, I hope he somehow finds a way to avoid the knife. I, I don't really see how at this point, no. um, but hopefully it's something that, you know, is, is not as catastrophic uh, and, and he can hopefully get back pretty quickly, but this is a guy with, with electric electric stuff. And I'd imagine it's good. We're going to see some sort of diminished version of that, which absolutely sucks because this is one of the most talented arms and in, in, in all of baseball, minors and majors included. Yeah, and that's the thing. When you hear Guardians right-hander shoulder issues, you probably think about Shane Bieber. And Bieber is cut from a different cloth because Bieber was already a great pitchability guy that had elite stuff, and that's why he was a runaway Cy Young winner in that 2020 season. Deals with shoulder surgery in 21. Um, 22 comes back and is so talented in the pitchability department, like so good at maximizing whatever his arm's going to give him that Bieber hardly misses a beat. That can be a Spino, but that's not a Spino at this point. Like a Spino is I've got better stuff than you have talent and I'm going to beat the shit out of you in this at bat. And like a shoulder issue diminishes that in elbow. A lot of guys can bounce back from that, especially with how advanced Tommy John has gotten Um, with a shoulder. You almost always see a downtick. And a downtick, while it may not be detrimental to Daniel Espino's big league career, it it limits his rapid ascension to one of the best pitchers in the game like we were maybe expecting. I mean, you talk about overpowering and just being more talented. That's simply what he did in double A as a 21-year-old. We saw 18 and a third innings there. He struck out 35 batters, walked four. Mm -hmm. It's a 52% strikeout rate, 6% walk rate. That's double A. It's one thing to just do that in high A and just overpower dudes. But if you're overpowering guys like that in double, you're special. Uh, even if for four starts, you just don't see that very often in double A. You don't see guys just just dominate the competition to that level. Even the most talented pitching prospects that get that promotion to double, yeah, they still carve through lineups, but not to that degree. That's That's a different beast right there. So hopefully he comes back, even if the stuff is slightly diminished with the shape on his pitches – uh, and, 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 you know, what, what he's able to kind of generate spin rate wise and things like that, he could be incredibly effective at 93, 95. Uh, so hopefully he's able to continue to hone in on that, but, but we'll see, maybe he comes back and he's, he's all good to go. Uh, the one thing he does have on his side is he just turned 22 years old. He's still extremely young. So 
really hoping that Espino can stay healthy because that's a special, special, special talent. Um, and it always sucks to see things out of their control, hold them back from, from being able to, to do what they are capable of. hundred percent, man. All right. Um, quick thing on so rare, uh, so rare, you know, changing the way that you play daily fantasy sports. Um, you're putting your lineup together every week. Uh, tell me about what's going on on the so rare front for you. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been working hard, man, trying, trying to put together some good lineups here, but, uh, it, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. So I just had my, my last lineup finish up on yesterday. So it was April 21st to 23rd competition. Um, I have now, I do the minors competition, which is free to enter. You draft your team, you have 120 points. Uh, we've talked about that and, and, you know, the best players are 20 points and then, you know, the lesser players can be five, six, seven, eight and onward. Um, and you budget that out and build your team. Um, and if you've already done that, you know, you could start to buy cards and level up and start to get into, you know, more exclusive competitions where you can win Ethereum rewards, bigger prizes, better cards, things like that as well. I put together my team in the limited pro competition. I feel really good about it because look, I wasn't going to get the the fanciest cards from the jump. I wanted to try to get some undervalued players, the grinders that it's fantasy score. So I want bases. I want stolen bases. I want just, just cumulative stats because it's over a few games. So listen to the ball club here. Tell me that this isn't an all grinder team. On the mound, Graham Ashcraft and Kendall Graveman, they killed it for me. Yeah. Uh, Ashcraft got me 15 points, pretty solid. Graveman got me 28. But the position players, you're going to love. Except your boy killed me. Yandy Diaz, 27 points this past competition. Yeah. Luis Arias, 24 points. This uh, last that, that's like one of the better fantasy players that we've got in the game right now, Luis Arias. Like oh. He is a batting average run scored merchant. He's an absolute dog right now. So he's winning the the batting title competition in the National League by 70 points. There's the same gap between first and second is the same gap between, I think, second and 25th in the oh. National League in terms of a batting average. Dude. You got Alex Verdugo, who gave me 35 points this past week. And then in the flex spot, I have Brendan Donovan, who gave me negative two. Yeah. And Vinny Pascantino, who gave me 22. So I finished pretty well. Didn't get any great reward because of your boy, Brendan Donovan, who hosed me. Um, So I'm getting ready for this coming week, putting together my lineup. You tell me, do I start or bench Brendan Donovan for like Michael Massey? I don't have that many other better options right now. Or do I do I pony up, spend a few bucks and go buy a better option for like five or ten bucks? Because I, Brendan Donovan has not been good for me, dude. He just simply hasn't. I know. And, and the vibes are off with the Cardinals right now, mm-hmm. which, which is tough. So, like, th- that guy's a vibes guy. Like, Brendan Donovan is good when the Cardinals are good, I feel like. Um, so, with the vibes being off right now, I would maybe pony up. I'm also worried about the Kansas City vibes. So, I, I would feel all right about Michael Massey if they were kind of winning a little bit. Yeah, but. Vinny Pascantino is impervious to, to bad vibes. He just rakes. But I agree, Michael Massey has not been great either. Who's like one underrated player? Like, think think like offensive, like yeah. could play anywhere. Not going to cost me too much. I only want to like spend a few bucks on a player here. And remember, if you want to get started with this, the link's in our description. You can draft a team for free. This is my like paid entry um, that I do, which is really fun because I can sell these cards and buy other cards. Um, it, or, you know, if Brendan Donovan decides to hit, I can win uh, a, a really solid card that's worth sure. enough to sell and get another card or plug into my lineup. What's an underrated position player you think I should pick up that, you know, might not be too expensive on the market to plug in for your boy, Brandon Donovan, who I will continue to blame you for, because if he played well this week, I would have got a nice reward. For sure. Yeah. And you definitely wouldn't have given me any credit at all. Like, oh, of course, that's no, the thing. Absolutely not. I win. We lost. Yes. Right. That's, that's how that's, this works. Exactly. So uh, I'm going to throw you one of these three pirates bats because the vibes are oh. excellent right now. Connor Joe. Oh. Rodolfo Castro oh. or Jack Sawinski. Oh, I'm in on Sawinski. I'm in on Sawinski. I know. I, like I know you I like are. That. All right. What do you think? What do you think a Sawinski card before we, we, we move on? What do you think a Sawinski card is going for? His limited. So for reference, I got a rise for like 15 bucks. Okay. Is Sawinski like a $5 card? Ooh. Okay. There's, there's a Sawinski card on the market right now. $1.11. Two bids, nineteen hours left. I'm 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 planning on scooping up Sawinski. 
that'll be, that'll be my, uh, that'll be my big purchase. There you go, man. I love that big purchase. So yep. Link (laughs) is in our uh, show notes. Go play so rare. It is like the perfect blend of, you know, fantasy baseball. And then also like, you know, a chance to digital collectibles. Yeah. And like a chance to enter a sweepstakes too, pretty much. Right. Like you, you perform well enough, you get shit, which is awesome. Yeah, which is is a lot of fun and it's free free to try it out and get started. And like I said, I'll always share what I learned. I got hosed because uh, <clears throat> on one of my other competitions, I had a pit, I put a pitcher in who ended up getting scratched. And um, like I, that's something. Yeah, there's a little bit of luck involved with fan, weekly fantasy stuff, but I should have been on it. I could have switched it last minute. Little things like that. I always talk about what I'm learning there. And I've always enjoyed people tweeting their lineups at me. Um, check out our Twitter. We have a thread going right now to like tweet your lineups, uh, you know, and, and tweet your rewards. Let us know what you got. I'm I'm always interested to see what other people are doing with their lineups because I'm fully all in on this at this point. Like I told you, the second we partnered with Celera, I was like, God damn it, I'm about yeah. to, I'm about to have a new uh, a new thing that I spend way too much time on, and and here we go. We love our baseball vices, man. Um, all right, I didn't throw you Drew Maggi, um, because I'm not sure how long Drew Maggi is going to be there, uh, or what, but. That was the feel-good story of Sunday, April 23rd. Drew Maggi uh, got the call for the second time in his career. First time he got the call in 2021. He was with the Twins. He did not play in a game. Felt very Moonlight Grammy. But the guy that's going to turn 34 years old in mid-May got the call from the Pittsburgh Pirates. He will make his Major League debut, if not tonight, then tomorrow. Um, it, it's a really cool story. I met Maggi when he played 28 games in Indy last year. And, and that guy ha- has been through everything at the minor league level. I mean, it's, it's so fun talking with Taylor Davis as often as I do, who hosts a pot on our just baseball network, but like Davis is a guy and I've talked to so many guys that are, you know, friends with Taylor Davis that grind for a decade to try and get that week in Major League Baseball. This dude has been in Major League Baseball for, count them, 1,155 games. Been in professional baseball, sorry. Been in minor league baseball for 1,155 games. Has 4,494 plate appearances. He was a game away from 4,500 plate appearances without a big league at bat. And now he's going to get it at 33 years old, which is why we love this game. And and it's, I think, you know, yes, you watch minor league baseball for the, for the big time prospects. This is the other reason you watch minor league baseball, especially in the upper minors. 1 million percent. And for those that might be wondering, you know, well, how did Drew Maggi get called up at 34 years old with a 194 batting average in double A? Well, the thing is, is, is you got to be at the right place at the right time. And he was in double a Altoona, which is very close to where the Pittsburgh pirates play, play their home games. Right. So they last minute needed somebody really quickly. And he's the guy that they know is a veteran who's going to help them hold it down defensively. And, you know, is, is going to make a seamless transition into the clubhouse compared to, you know, you're not going to throw a youngster into the fold there. You're not going to have to make a super tough roster decision. Like this is the easiest way for the pirates to fill in uh, on a last minute whim roster spot. And that's because drew Maggi has been hanging out and making himself available all this time. And and not everybody gets this kind of opportunity. you got to be in the right place at the right time, but drew Maggi, like you mentioned, how many games was it professionally that he has played to, to be able to just get in this position just to get this opportunity. So this is somebody that, that waited and grinded and hung around long enough for this moment. And man, I can't imagine what it feels like for him because, uh, you know, while he, he didn't light it up offensively and, and, you know, force his way up there through statistics, being good enough to stay in affiliated baseball, stay relevant and being likable, a grinder, somebody that they want to keep in the org to be available for this kind of opportunity is what it's all about. Maggi was originally a 15th round pick of the Pirates in 2010 out of Arizona State. So this guy, you know, middle round pick, not getting, you know, that that big time bonus. This guy goes to State College, which is short season A ball, 21 years old in 2010. 2011, low A, high A for a game. He spent 125 of his 126 in low A. Then 2012, splits the year between high A and double. 2013, entire year in double. 
2014, entire year in double. Then goes to the Angels organization. 2015, entire year in double. That's, that right there, sorry to stop you, that's where most guys hang it up. That's right when there. people – Third that's year when in double. Retire. Most guys just say, man, I, you know, I don't I don't think I have it in me anymore. I, I know a lot of guys that are like kind of right at that point right now and deciding what they want to do. And, and I know that it's a lot to, to want to go back and run it back and double again, which – he did. That was 2015, <laughs> 2016, 61 games in double, 49 games in triple, 2017. And there are some winter league stints here in Mexico and the Dominican that are being sprinkled in 20. Uh, let's see. I just gave you 2016 split the year between double and triple 2017 whole year in triple 2018 goes from the Dodgers organization to the Cleveland Indians at the time in 2018, 64 games in triple. 2019 goes to Minnesota, 11 games in double, 108 games in triple. 2021, he plays the whole year in triple. He gets up in Minnesota, but he doesn't make his major league debut. Last year, 66 games with Lehigh Valley in triple, then gets picked up by Indianapolis, by, by the Pirates, 28 games in triple there. Then you show up for your age 34 season, 10 years older than the league average hitter in 2023, and you don't even get to go to Indy. You're in Altoona. You're in double A. You slide backwards. This guy's mental fortitude to not hang it up, I cannot believe how strong this guy is to do this. If I found out I was going to double, especially now where you see the difference in pay between triple and double, I, maybe it's different for Magic because he was a minor league free agent, so it probably is a little different for him. Regardless, if I'm going back to double, I'm I, out. I, I, I would have retired six times through here. Yeah. And, and not not for any reason other than I just am not built like Drew Maggi mentally. Like, like seriously, like <laughs> I'm not just saying that. Like, I, I would have hung up. And, and also, a, a note that, you know, we, we, would have been too much to add as you were going through all that is he actually got better offensively as he got to the upper levels. Like as he got to his late twenties, he settled into becoming this solid, slightly above average, you know, infield player in the upper minors, which those guys hang around as long as they want, but most of them just, just don't want to do it anymore. Right. How, yeah. how long do you want to be the the not priority, you know, lineup filler in the back of the order for an upper minors team? It, it, you got to really love baseball. Drew Maggi loves baseball maybe as much as anybody on this planet, just based on his baseball reference page alone. Um, I would have retired at least in four different spots here. Uh, I also would have been hurt way before then. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. Like, seriously, this guy has pushed through, I think, so many spots where people would have been contemplating everything. And now I, is he going to get in the lineup? Like, Is he, is he going to get a, an actual opportunity to play? He'll get in that bet. Yeah, you got Brian Reynolds on the bereavement list, um, so you'll likely move Bay to the outfield, and Drew Maggi may play second base. That is so awesome. It's is- really cool. It's really cool. So this guy's going to get in that bat, and the video went viral on Sunday um, of him seeing newly extended manager Derek Shelton in his office, and Shelton gave him a great hug and like had both his hands on his head and was like, I'm proud of you, man. The, the vibes in Pittsburgh are so good. And we, we talked sad. about Pittsburgh. We talked about the Pirates on yesterday's show. So I'll, I'll save you, you know, pouring out how fun the Pittsburgh Pirates are right now and how they're sneaky, one of the better teams in baseball right now. Um, but this type of move, like this type of good guy, good organization thing only heightens the vibes in that. Country. I was going to say, you got to lean into the vibes. Like you got to lean into it. Um, I, I, I can only speak to... So when it comes to overachieving, rebuilding teams, I remember some of those Marlins teams in 08, 09 that like all of a sudden people were like, didn't really believe what they were doing. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, well they're leading the wild card in July. Uh, so and, and the way the Marlins really did that was playing the youngsters, not chasing results and riding the vibes. And, yeah. and it was that was the most fun Marlins teams for me to watch. You know, the Hanley Ramirez, Dan Agua, Mike Jacobs, Jorge Cantu, Josh Willingham teams. So speaking of that, there's a the, the, these, this Pirates team reminds me of that. You've got the young talent. You've got a couple vets. Um, you've got other young talent coming up, but there's not a lot of pressure on these guys. They're having fun. And these Drew Maggie type moves are, are, are what it's all about. Like they need to be leaning into the good vibes. O'Neill Cruz is going to come back. Thank goodness this season. Yep. He's going to, that's going to get the vibes back up again. 
All this team needs is a Cabrian Hayes breakout, and it is the year of the Pirates. Forget the D-back. So, uh, obviously, they got a lot to prove to, to make it seem sustainable. But to your point, and I'm sure you talked about this a little bit yesterday before, you know, we don't need to go too deep on the Pirates again, is there's a fair amount of talent in the upper minors that, that, that's coming up as well. So so they've got they've got reinforcements coming. They've got other guys on the pitching and position player front. Um, I, I've said it before. I believe in one, what Ben Charrington's doing. And uh, whether they were seven and 16 or 16 and seven to start the year, I would have felt the same way. But when they're 16 and seven, it's a lot easier to say it too. Yes. It's a lot easier to say it. And you know, like everybody's hopping on the diamondbacks bandwagon. Um, Now's a good time to jump on the pirates bandwagon too. Might I just say there's enough pitching talent in the organization too. Luis Ortiz has been kicking ass. Quinn Priester's shown flashes so far this year. Uh, And then Kyle Nicholas has looked really good as well. So unfortunately Burroughs is hurt right now. Um, I mean, there are so many reinforcements coming for an already pretty talented roster. I think they have more talent than many bad teams. If you were to throw them in that bucket um, real quick to wrap Bowman baseball, 2023 comes out this week. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And and to, to be clear, this is very much not an ad. Um, yeah. This is just one of my favorite things on earth. Um, and, and the one semi ad part is that we are really excited about having our own box breaking arm at just baseball. Yeah. So, you know, for those that are into collectibles, um, that might want to start to dip their toes. You remember the deal we did with Loop, where you can, you know, go on the live box breaks and 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 see people rip cards for you. We've got our own folks doing that now. So we've got Kendall McGee, T Wright. I'm going to be on the streams a lot. I was just on one yesterday, um, where we're going to be ripping product. Um, it's on Twitter at just underscore breaks. Um, and and you can check out when we're going to be doing breaks there. They're going to break everything from from 2019 draft, 2020 draft, 2021, but 2023 Bowman baseball drops on Wednesday. And that's something that we're going to be ripping a lot of because there's some prospects I really, really like in there. Um, And the way it works is, you know, you buy a spot in the break, you get a random team and you hang out with us uh, as we rip cards, hopefully pull some insane cards. They'll ship them to you. Um, And I'm going to be on there just answering questions about prospects, almost like a live Q&A. Um, and even when I'm not there, Kendall and T crush it and they're a lot of fun and we're really excited to be doing, you know, live box breaks, but 2023 Bowman baseball, they kind of made up for some of the guys they missed in the 2022 draft class in terms of what autographs are in there. And then they also did a good job of catching up on some of the standout guys through the minor leagues that are going to be legit big leaguers. Usually they go do a flyer on some 17 year old in the Dominican summer league, which they have a few of those guys, but how about Matt Mervis? How about Edouard Julien? Both those guys have their first autograph in this checklist. So I'm really excited about 2023 Bowman baseball. Perfect. And our favorite guy, Joe Zutapala, as well, if you want like a breakdown of apparently, every guy. Apparently, Josue. Josue? Josue. Which is so much cooler. Josue? Yeah. Um, Josue. So Josue Dupala is uh, also in this, which, which is so awesome. But for a full list of guys... Um, go listen to the call up. That'll be a, a big part of the call up episode as well. So that's Aram. I'm Jack. Every other link you need in the show notes, get your merch and all that good stuff. And Peter and Aram, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.